0: Hello, my name's Sean Schafer and welcome to The Wealth Show from Citywire. Today we're looking at the UK IPO market, which has come under scrutiny of late, largely due to Deliveroo's car crash of a listing earlier this year. Clearly there are major risks with new flotations. There's no track record under more onerous reporting standards and there can be liquidity issues. However, it's not all doom and gloom. Research from AJ Bell in June suggested that UK IPOs had reported an average 24% gain by the half-year point. I spoke with CityWire AA-rated Oliver Brown, manager of the MFM UK Primary Opportunities Fund, who believes that investors should be taking more notice of IPOs. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for joining me today. Why do you think you should invest in UK IPOs, considering there's been some recent flops such as delivery recently?
1: We actually think that investing in IPOs uh, is, is potentially a good thing. It's an opportunity to invest at the ground level. I um, mean, you know, when a company first comes to the, to, to the market, um, you're usually seeing companies that are growing, that have got a particular uh, niche or, or an area of expertise. And you know, ultimately, if management... Uh, are good, and they spend this money that they 've raised wisely, then you know that should fuel further growth for the company, which should be you know uh, beneficiary for, for for shareholders and, and raising equity values um, but you know with like with all all investments you know you, you need to be selective um, in, you know and buy into you know what, what you see as, as good quality companies that have got yet a particular area of expertise or, or a niche um, and are, are raising capital and, and floating for the right reasons. Now, Deliveroo, um, you know, it sort was of a high profile example of a, of a float that, that hasn't gone so well. Um, I think, you know, there are merits to that business, um, but put simply, um, the shares were overpriced by the investment banks. Um, and and I have to say that people tend to remember the IPOs that flop rather more than the success stories. So for every sort of bad IPO, you know, you might be uh, you might throw at me. I could I could give you three or four back that have been uh, that have been rather rather good investments.
0: But as an investor, obviously there are some substantial risks with the IPO. Obviously the the lit- liquidity is a lot more challenging. Um, you don't have as much data on these companies as you would with a publicly listed company. Um, would it more, be more prudent as a fund manager to wait maybe sort of a year or two after these companies have sort of initially listed?
1: You're right in that you don't have as much um, data potentially on the business, um, certainly as a as a listed entity. Um, but when buying an IPO, one of the things that we believe in uh, is, is buying that company at a discount to where we believe that the shares would trade that if they were a listed business. We call it an IPO discount. And usually you sort of feel that that is around, you know, 10 to 20%. So actually, you're, you're buying in at what you feel is, is a cheaper rate. So you're getting a discount, um, which, you know, in time, if that company goes on to deliver what it sets out to do at the IPO, what you know, management has told us its forecasts are and it's going to hit and hopefully beat, then actually, over time, you should see that so-called IPO discount unwind and that, that actually, in reality, gives you some downside protection. Um, if you wait for one or two years, the problem with that is you, you, you potentially miss the boat. Um, and you know you do see some, some IPOs you know in, in their first sort of year or two um, perform extremely extremely well. So we would we would not want to do that. Um, you know we want to look at the IPOs and be selective. Certainly there are some times that we've looked at a company and we think it, it, it's quite good, but we haven't maybe been able to get quite comfortable with uh, the valuation, or we just feel it's maybe a little bit too early stage. So you're right. In that circumstances, we might. Then come in um, at a further opportunity, you know, twelve or twenty-four months down the line, when the company may be raising some new money. So, it's not simply uh, it's not simply appropriate to buy, you know, every IPO.
0: Sure. And and in your fund, how much would you be willing to allocate to new companies, sort of early stage companies that are, that are sort of just out of the IPO stage?
1: Well, at the moment in the fund around about 20% of the fund is made up of companies that were bought at IPO. Now, some of those we have now, we've held for you know many, many years now. So, you know, they have gone on to um, be very successful and, 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 and have, have proven themselves. Um, when we buy an IPO, um, you know, we will always be um, cautious about the amount of money we would put in. So, um, we wouldn't put more than say two percent of the fund into into an IPO, and the reality is, if it's a smaller cap, um, it would be a bit smaller than this. and It may be around one to one and a half percent. So, if we are wrong and the company doesn't perform as we as we hoped, then you know it won't be it won't cause a material uh, impact to the performance of the fund. But if it's successful, and you, know, you do see IPOs that go on to produce many times original investment, then even you know, with a 1% stake, say, um, that can produce you know very useful uh, output to the fund.
0: Obviously, you're coming at this um, from a professional investor's perspective, but do you think the IPO market should be democratised more? Do you think it'd be prudent to allow retail investors greater access?
1: Yes, uh, in, in a word. I was speaking with a contact at an, an investment bank uh, recently. Um, and asking about, you know, this, this area and whether, you know, retail investors, um, you know, why they don't perhaps get a bit more access than, than they do. And he said that the evidence actually suggests that, you know, retail investors are a very useful source of, of finance. Um, you know, Harvey's Lansdowne, which is the largest, largest platform, has, you know, 1.6 million customers, um, of which 400,000 are on their IPO distribution list, i.e. they're interested in IPOs. There's a lot more um, SIP and ISA money um, now looking to be invested. And actually, the research that that this investment bank uh, did, um, Peel Hunt, um, suggests that the money is is relatively sticky. Sometimes I think retail investors get a, a hard press in that they may be in a sort of short term, it's, but actually the evidence would suggest to the to the alternative. I, I actually think you know there is there is demand there from from the retail investors. There are plenty of retail investors who you know understand and know um, the risks involved in equity investing, um, and as long as those risks are sort of made made clear to them, then you know they they they, they, they should be able to participate, and they, they will only make up you know a relatively sort of small proportion of, of any IPO monies that's raised, you know, perhaps say, you, know, you could cap it at, say, 10%. Um, but to not allow them in at all, um, you know, does seem a little, uh, a little unfair in a, in, a, in a world where, you know, we're trying to make things more equal and democratic.
0: Let's move on. Could you give a couple of examples of recent IPOs that you've invested in?
1: So a, a company that we, that we really like uh, is called Devolver. Uh, which is a computer games developer uh, it's raising uh, fifty million dollars uh, to help it grow. Uh, it may well look to acquire some, uh, some some teams of developers as well it's got a very exciting uh, pipeline of, of, of games that are to be released now this is an, what is known as an indie developer um, where you know the games are relatively uh, modest in terms of costs. Um, unlike sort of AAA developers that may spend, you know, hundred dollars, hundred million dollars on, on 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 the creation of a new game, these guys will spend, you know, two to two and a half million dollars. Um, now, we like the computer games industry because it is a it is an area that is growing. Customers are are spending more. Um, you know, there's relatively modest costs as we as we mentioned in, in producing a game. Uh, and this company's got a very good record. Um, it's very highly rated. Um, sort of love of games um, and we believe that it will continue to produce sort of you know, good quality and attractive games that people want to p- play. Um, and the, you know, the average payback period is only four months on one of their games. You know, so we think this is uh, you know, a really attractive um, you know, space to be in right now.
0: And I'm kind of where are you seeing the growth prospects? Where are they selling these games into? Is it mainly sort of the West or if they've got an audience in emerging markets?
1: Um, well, it's a, it's a company that's founded in um, uh, the, the U.S., and their main markets are, are the U.S. and Europe, um, so that would be their main, their main markets. Having said that, you know, in, in this global world, um, you know, the ability to sell your, your products and your computer games um, all over the world is, is greater than it's ever been.
0: And and has Devolver already listed, or is it about to list? I wasn't um, entirely wasn't entirely clear. So
1: yes, uh, it, it 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 lists on um, on Thursday. So oh,
0: and you've already made you, you've made yes it. we we've
1: been allocated some shares. So um, you know we we, we it, it, it it will go well on Thursday.
0: Another company that that you mentioned is, is Doc Martens, and um, why did you invest in that company?
1: Yeah, it, it's an iconic brand. Uh, and a, a brand that we think can be, you know, monetized further. It's got, you know, a very strong presence in the UK. I think we all know Doc Martens. We all sort of grew up with it. Um, probably most of us have owned a pair. Um, and it's got a, you know, it's got a growing presence in in Europe um, and the US. And you know, the Far East, in particular, China offers a, you know, a very considerable market as well, where it is far less known and. You know, given the size of the market in, in China, you know, you, you, you don't need a huge level of take up um, in that market to, um, you know, propel, um, you know, the brand uh, and, and sales and profits, you know, considerably further. Um, now, the shares actually, you know, just to, just to highlight that you know, not every IPO, um, you know, necessarily um, you know, goes, goes well. It's still relatively early days for this company having floated early this year. And the shares went to a you know significant premium to start with, but they've actually fallen back um, over the last few months, um, you know, mainly on concerns over um, sort of supply supply issues um, that you know have been afflicting a number of companies, um, and and you know it 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 wasn't a, a cheap stock, and there has been a
0: slight. Um... So you've been slightly burnt by this uh, by buying it at the IPO stage. Well. We are, we are currently,
1: uh, yeah, we are currently slightly underwater, yes, um, but we, we believe in the long term prospects of the company, um, and we continue to, to to watch with interest. And you know, should our views change of, of that, and perhaps the, the company doesn't perform, um, you know, in line with our expectations, then of course you, you have to permit, you have to constantly review your positions. Um, but so far, the company has done a you know a reasonable job.
0: Another example would be great. Yes. So a company
1: uh, in in a sort of small cap uh, sort of software sector uh, called Made uh, which which recently, Um, the company is digitalizing uh, government services. Um, It works with six of the 10 largest um, government departments in the UK. So the likes of uh, HMRC, uh, Ministry of Justice uh, and DVLA. Um, you know, an example is that um, they are digitalizing um, prov- provisional driving licences. You know, which which were which are still paper at the moment. Seems crazy, but you know that's what um, that's what pe- young, younger people are getting at the moment—a a paper copy. Um, now, the government is very very keen to to save money, and the more that it can interact with um, us, the public, digitally, rather than us having to have you know, conversations over telephone or perhaps person saves them huge, huge, huge amounts of money. Um, and there is an opportunity for this company, you know, to go international um, because, you know, governments all around the world are, are clearly, clearly strapped and looking at ways to uh, be, be more uh, economical.
0: Let's move on to, to the UK as the market. Why do you think the UK is an attractive market for IPAs?
1: Yes, so in, in London... Um, we you know have got large and deep pools of capital um, very very well established uh, and of course all of the advisors and services that, that, that go along with um, the, the sort of listed businesses you know it is hard to replicate elsewhere um, there is a certain kudos I believe in having having a London listing and, and the rigors that, that come with that um, and there are you know potentially some changes afoot to help encourage um, companies to look at floating, you know, in in London uh, rather than perhaps you know go, going to some of the other European um, or, or even the US. There has been a lot, you know, there's an awful lot being said at the moment, you know, about the FTSE 100 and the sort of rather old economy nature of it, you know, with a lot of sort of mining and, and oil and banking stocks. And actually, in in themselves, you know, mining and oil companies are uh, a, a, a strength of the UK market in some ways, because if you're look, if you're looking to list uh, a mining company, then you, you're likely to consider um, London, because you know, that's where uh, people and investors understand uh, those sorts of companies. But there is a strong mid and small cap market here as well that is that is you know I consider to be very vibrant. Um, and an example, of course, is the AIM market, um, which. You know, is, is a market leader amongst the sort of smaller market um, you know, around the world where fast-growing companies you know, can access capital in a, in a timely and uh, cost-effective manner.
0: Which upcoming IPOs are you most bullish on?
1: So a company we uh, have been looking at and we like is a company called uh, Stellrad. Uh, it's uh, a radiator business, so a relatively simple business. Uh, it's got over uh, 50% UK market share uh, and around about twenty percent across Europe, it, it is a beneficiary of you know the fact that people are have been spending more time at home uh, and home working and want to actually you know make their homes a nicer place to be, um, and should also be a beneficiary of the rollout of heat pumps because heat pumps actually um, work better if you've got larger radiators. So if, you, if and when people uh, put heat pumps into their homes, um, then they're actually going to also need to upgrade their, their radiators and make them a bit larger um, as well. So there are certain sort of drivers that we think are, are, are good for that business. And you know, ultimately, the company is coming on a, a sensible valuation. Um, you know, it's profitable. It makes money. It's going to pay a dividend. Um, and and we, think it, we think it should do well.
0: And on the other end, are there any sectors or companies that you're a bit more cautious of at the IPO stage?
1: Well, firstly, we, we, we certainly don't like investing in sort of business plans. Um, you know, we don't want to just write blank checks and hope that you know, management go and you know, spend, it, spend it wisely. You know, we want to know what they're going to do with it. And you know, ultimately, those sort of companies at a very, very early stage, we find difficult to value. Um, and the... The, the risk of, uh, you know, ex- the execution risk of, of that sort of business is high as well. So we, we tend to avoid those. There is a lot of money um, at the moment, um, you know, sort of looking to go into sort of, sort of green technology area. Um, now, some of it, you know, may be investable, um, but some of it may be, you know, we may consider it to be rather too early stage for us. I you mean, know, we were talking earlier about, you know, Investing at the IPO stage, yes, we believe that it, it's the ground level, and it, it is sensible to invest in in a company at IPO when it meets our you know quality criteria. But those, that may be an example of waiting to see you know, which are going to be the, the long term winners from from this sort of move towards green technology. Because you know at the moment these businesses are very very highly valued. Um, their profits are some somewhere in the future, hopefully. Um, you know and and therefore the the risk to investors you know we do see is is, is is quite
0: high at the moment excellent well Ollie thank you so much for joining me thank you very much